When SIR launches May 9th, two men will have to get real jobs. Kevin Smith. Jason Mewes. Yeah. These mics are fancy. Mm-hmm. May 9th at 11 a.m., Jay and Silent Bob get jobs. I'm like, all right, luckily I have my iPod and I have my headphones, so I fucking throw on some reggae. So and you I'm can like, take a fucking eye poo. Yeah, yeah, an eye poo, and, and, and I can drown out the noise and just pretend I'm like, and it's just like, you lead a life of adventure. All right, come on. Jane Silent Bob, I'm Kevin Smith. Jason Mew. Jane Silent Bob get jobs. Hear what happens at smodcast.com. S M O D C A S T dot com, boo. And we're back with another edition of Golden Apple Comics Corner. Hi, I'm your host, Bagged and Boarded, Matt Cohen. How are you? Folks, there is a lot of exciting stuff happening in Golden Apple Comics uh, in the next few weeks, and we'd like to tell you folks about it. As always, you can check out all the happenings at goldenapplecomics.com if you're in the L.A. area. Check them out right on Melrose Avenue in sunny Los Angeles. Um, Folks, next next week, next Wednesday, April 20th, Hitler's birthday, which is not, it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm about to say, but if you're like a big Hitler enthusiast, it might give you a frame of reference or something. Um... Wow, that's a really weird start, weird way to, uh, to plug an event, but let's just go for it, man. Let's just stream of consciousness that shit. You know what I mean? Life's like, it's, it's all, it's all nebulous and happening. Uh, 420 Golden Apple Comics, folks, Melrose Avenue and La Brea, uh, Boulevard, I believe it is in Los Angeles, California. 420 PM, a celebration begins, and that celebration is for a new comic book called Marijuana Man. Written by Ziggy Marley, uh, Joe Casey, and drawn by Viewskew friend Jim Mafood. And Golden Apple is putting together a little bit of a uh, 420 shindig for y'all. So get down there. Signings at from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. They got a DJ set from from L.A.'s very own DJ Expo, who, who always hangs out with Mr. Mafood at some of these kind of events. It's going to be fun. First 50 guests get a free poster with a book purchase. And the posters of a marijuana man guy. And Ziggy Marley's gonna be there. I'm gonna fucking be there. I'm gonna be podcasting. I'm gonna be podcasting. Cause it's 420, get it? See, that makes sense. The Hitler birthday thing, not relevant whatsoever. My enjoyment of marijuana, totally makes sense for this occasion. So come on down. There'll be some other special surprise guests coming on. Uh, the book's put out by Image Comics. So that's 420 at Golden Apple. Come see me. Come see Ziggy Marley. Come see Joe Casey. Come see Jim Mafood. And come see, uh, come see your friends, folks. Cause you know you're gonna, they're gonna be there. They didn't invite you. Cause they're not really your friends. But I'm your friend. So listen to me. May 7th, ladies and gentlemen. 10 a.m. Golden Apple Comics is opening for a very special day. It is free comic book day across the land, as you all know and love. And Golden Apple Comics is helping bring it in. In a grand fashion with the following folks. Um, Robert Kirkman, writer, creator of The Walking Dead and Invincible. Boom, right there. You're, you're already coming. You don't even need to say anything else. What about artist Jason Howard from, uh, such books as The Astounding Wolfman? What? D- Alright, you're already coming. I don't, you stop talking, Matt, right? You fucking overselling it. No, I won't stop. You can't stop me. At 4 p.m., True Blood comic writer Mark Andreco, who we've had on this show. Oh, my God. Now you're like, what am I supposed to do with myself? I'm supposed to be there all day? You know, because at 2 p.m., Robert Kirkman and Jason Howard go. At 10 a.m., you got Red Spikes, Jeff Kahn, and Owen Weissman. What the fuck is going on? You can't make this any better. How about... 
fucking Chekhov, bitches. Walter Koenig is going to be at Golden Apple Comics. I will be there podcasting all day long. May 7th, come on down. Ladies and gentlemen, Golden Apple Comics is the hub of comicdom, you know? There ain't nobody. There's imitators and there's masturbators, but there's only one innovator. I just made that up. Um, you can't use it, though. I mean, you can use it, but you got to credit me and pay me a, a stipend or a tippins. Uh, GoldenAppleComics.com, folks. Check them out. Come down to the events. Come say hi to me. Golden Apple Comics. Change the way you live your life. And welcome to Bagged and Boarded. I am Matt Cohen, and uh, you are joining me here uh, from the Smod Castle, and yet it is a brave and the bold episode, so fucking crickets, which is so the opposite of our usual ocean of applause that we have. I like to call it the Pacific, the Smod-cific ocean, which is just like a, a, a waves and waves of never-ending rapture from, from my podcast. But no, it's a Brave and the Bold episode, so you know what that means, folks. Uh, no formalities, I'm not wearing pants, uh, we have the lights dimmed, and we're just gonna fucking chat some geek with a, with a friend, a friend who you all know and love. Uh, this is his third time on the show. Without further ado, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Katz. Thank you for having me. I, I like the setup. I think this is, uh, feels very like Eric Bogosian talk radio. It's like Smodcastle after dark. It is. Right? That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, Christian totally. Slater. I'm going to get on my pirate station. And There's going to be an Asian waitress who's going to come offer it, us uh, drinks in a little bit. You need a smoking jacket. That yeah, is yeah the no, only totally. Thing. But I like this. This works. Totally, dude. What's going on, man? How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just sort of settling into this uh, vibe here. I yeah, like. yeah. We can, let's, let's do our NPR voice. It is. It's yeah. kind of that. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been playing a lot of. Uh, I'm a big video gamer. I've been playing a lot. That's funny because I was going to ask you. That. I didn't huge, know if you were a gamer or not. Huge. On my way over here, I was like, I'm going to ask Jeff if he plays video I games. I would put, I think when I was an executive, in fact, I'll tell you a fun quick little story. Okay, go for it. Uh, uh, so when I was an executive at Fox, so for those of you who don't, I was a studio executive. For, for those who haven't time. heard Jeff on the show before, uh, yeah, he was. He, he's, uh, if you don't know him, he's, um, I wrote some comics and it's movies. Booster Gold and he's worked on, uh, such films as Snakes on a Plane and, and, uh, Shoot 'em Up and Freddy vs. Jason so, and you know, all over the map. So, so I, I was an executive New Line for a long time. You shoot the hero. Excuse me. No, shoot him up. Were an executive? Did you wear an actual suit? I did at Fox. Sure. That's very cool. I don't. I love wearing suits. I have no. I mean, look, I'm dressed down today because we're here in this intimate setting. But uh, I, I actually, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Fox at a certain level, and I, this is frankly, I'll just, I'm, we're just going to ramble. I Dude, think, please. That's what the show is. Uh, I'll throw a piece of business advice out there. When you, when you start somewhere as the kid. Uh, and I, in the case of New Line, is you can go listen to the previous one where we get into this deeper. You were like 22 years I, old. I started 20. Right? I started as an intern, unpaid at, at New Line, and was an exec there around 24 and sort of rose up from there. Uh, the fact is uh, that when you're the kid, you are generally, no matter how well you do, and I made it to vice president at New Line, you're always going to be the kid. It is going to be the view of, look, we gave you the break, kid. You were a little pisher, and, and now we, you know, don't get 
on your high horse. No, and, totally. And you yeah, get yeah. it, and you were an intern at a production company before. Absolutely, this. yeah. I've interned yeah. a bunch of different. Yeah, I've worked for a few I, British companies. I've so I that. think that it's it's an it's an institutionalized thing. Uh, and for me, honestly, one of the big appeals was the idea that you know what I've, I love New Line, but I really like the idea of going and working on a classic lot. I get to put a suit on. Uh, and I, it's one of the things I very much enjoyed about it. Oh, dude, I, it's... I think our generation has lost that sense of formality at a certain level where it's kind of, it's nice to dress up nice every now and then. It, it really does make you feel kind of sharp. My problem is I'll get all dressed up nice and then realize I have nowhere to fucking go. So I'll go to Best Buy for five minutes and then go back to my apartment. I'll be like, I hope that chick on the checkout line enjoyed that shit. You'll do it so dapper though. Oh, you'll, get, you'll get extra reward zone Absolutely. Points. Oh, dude, I'm a gold premium fucking yes, member now. Did they steal your email? I got that email. I got the email too. Not Are you a silver member also or I've, whatever? I, mean, I just get all my stuff at Best Buy, but I got something they hacked and uh, stole our emails. So. Yeah, fucking bastards. Um, <laughs> so dude, uh, what were we, what were you we just saying? Uh, I was talking, well, I was, the new line, I'm gonna fast track. Oh, I'm stuff. sorry. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take you anywhere you want to go on this journey, my <laughs> friend. This is, we're shooting the shit. So, I mean, I, I can hit any, but you want to talk the, the video game thing? Yeah, yeah, game? that's, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's where we were, video games. Uh, so yeah, what yeah. I was going to say is that at one point while I was at Fox, we were asked, um, myself and an exec there by the name of Steve Asbell, who's a terrific exec, great guys making the, uh, the alien prequel now. Oh, very cool. Uh, and uh, Steve's one of my favorite people in town and Steve and I, we're sort of the bigger geeks there. And we were basically like uh, assigned on a very short notice at some level as like a very clear stress test on us because that was just sort of the culture to do a group meeting on the state of video games because we were also the two guys that played. And so they said to us originally, our bosses, you're going to have like three weeks to put this together. We start putting it together in between. We're, we're managing the project. Uh, one day on like a Monday – we're told, oh, no, no, you're not getting three weeks. You have to do it tomorrow. And we're just like, ah, shit. Terrific. <laughs> so Steve and I hustle. We put a thing together. We go into the packaging meeting, which is the big meeting. Okay, this is the this is where the a lot of serious shit gets done. And uh, like millions of fucking dollars are decided. well, it's just this is this is where projects are going to step forward. No, no, you're totally. going to be forced to defend the stuff you are developing, and you'll go on. And so we set up an Xbox, we set up a rock band, set up the whole thing. <laughs> And our two chairmen, Tom Rothman and Jim Janopoulos, are in. And they're very different guys. I like them both, but they're very different, okay? Uh, and I think that's why they've had a very successful partnership. Uh, and so we go through the thing and we set it up. And uh, I we're using my login because Steve plays PS3. I'm an Xbox guy. So my login goes on. We're hooked on. We've tested the internet. Thing comes on. It goes boop. And I hit a button, and I'm explaining to them how the how they incentivize you to play by giving you the achievement the, points, yeah, yeah, the which don't give you anything, but they are you want them. It's the only reason I still play fucking it's, Call of it's Duty. It's a mental is for, is for thing. mental shit, yeah. Um, and <laughs> so out pops my name, and it shows. I think I've got like at the time seventeen thousand achievement points or something. And Tom is like aghast because he's like, "Where do you have time to do any work?" And I'm, like, I'm trying to explain. I'm like, "Look, I this is what I do. This is my I can find the this is my time, time off. This is what I like." Uh, but the best part was after we got done, we nailed the thing. We got a it was a big success. Uh, and at the end, Jim G, who's one of my favorite people in town, stayed and had us teach him how to play rock band. And so he was playing Rolling Stones, uh, Gimme Shelter. That's so And watching cool, a co-chairman of, who makes billions of dollars in decisions every year. Right. Having play the rock time band. of his life. On easy, I'm sure. And uh, miss, yeah, we love it too. He was no, terrific, actually. It was, good. it was awesome. It was great. So. Dude, it's funny you bring it up. I love game. What, video game movies. 
Has it ever worked? I'm trying to think. Mortal Kombat worked. You dug the first, the first Mortal Kombat first was Mortal okay. Kombat was a very actually. successful movie. You're right. And I dug it. I mean, from a, from a, um, from a quality level, did you enjoy it? I, it could have been better, I but look it's at what these we need through like the prism. A, yeah, you have. Uh, I think the quality thing is so subjective because somewhere there's a guy listening to this who's saying, "No, you know, fuck you." I have a Raiden back. Someone's got a Mortal Kombat Annihilation poster they in have their the, fucking they house. They have the, sound, the the techno soundtrack with Tracy Lord's music on. I mean, it. I have okay. it too, but uh, <laughs> right. So, but that was a success. The first Tomb Raider was a success. Um, oh, you're right. It was yeah. But when you point out why don't these movies work? Um, at the end of the day, the, the fact is, and let's look at, uh, um, I mean, you got Doom, let's go through, like, you, Doom didn't they've work. Done Doom, Super Mario, Double Dragon, which was probably one of the worst ones, There's, I think. Uh, but Tomb Raider 2. Tomb Raider 2? Okay, but which, I think, which, the first one did really well and the second one did not. Just did not right? at all. It, it didn't was very play. expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I set up Gears of War as an executive. Okay. Okay. And I'm not but familiar with that. It's like alien stuff. Or? Gears of War is a great, I mean, it's a very successful franchise. I totally, I know that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm on a chainsaw at the end of your game. Yes, it's, it I'm a PS3 guy, so fucking. Oh, I, I had one and got rid of it, to be honest with you. Right on. I did the same with I, Xbox. I'm not, I'm not like, a We traded our consoles, yeah, yeah. man. Um, I'm very <laughs> happy. I love Xbox Live. Um, but, uh, I set that movie up prior to that when I was, even before I was an executive. One of my first things that kind of got some attention at New Line uh, to maybe where it get me promoted was I had a deal on the table. I had befriended an executive at Take Two named Jamie Lease. It's been years, if I remember correctly, who uh, at the time was they were really good, excited about the next installment of a franchise that had been successful for them, but they thought was going to go to a new level, uh, and that was called Grand Theft Auto. I was and, just going to ask why we haven't seen GTA and so yet. Yeah. I had a deal on the table when I was like 23 or something. <laughs> I knew I, and I got passed on at the time. I mean, to the point where uh, Take Two sent us boxes of free stuff. There are still people at New Line that have Rockstar stickers. That's all. I have no idea, right? And Rockstar was just starting to pop as like getting magazine profiles and stuff. So what like is this that. right before three? Yeah, three is I think at E three and it's a buzzed about. Okay, so yeah, before that they didn't really have they had had success, but nothing because they had had outside licensing and stuff on it, but nothing like what this and nothing was like going it was to about be. to fucking right. Happen. This was going to change yeah, yeah, yeah. the game ultimately, and the deal for ultimately got passed on by the studio, unfortunately, as happens. And over the years, I mean, Fox at a point in time was very much down the road to go do it. The reality is, and I think why a lot of these things don't work. Um, I like to play Grand Theft Auto. As do I. Yeah. Okay. One, of the, one of my favorite. Every time it comes out, I'm like, that's the best game right. ever made. But yeah. the reality is that Grand Theft Auto is appealing because you're getting to live out things you haven't seen before uh, that you've seen but could never do. Now, where did you see them? You in saw them in movies. movies. Yeah. And so Grand Theft Auto, I mean, one of them is basically Scarface. I was just going to ask, how would you even, how would you even um, pitch that as a flick? Is it just uh, a crime movie? I, I mean, think at the end of the day, you're going to probably take that license. And uh, my in this day and age... It's a crime movie with flourishes from the game, maybe. Well, in my expectation personally now is you've got a name. Every one of the games are different. There are different characters in different cities So you, ta- you think you take Tommy Versetti or one of those, or I'd Nico? Go, I'd go original most likely. Okay. Okay. But more importantly, particularly the Nico... Uh, I love that and his That's cousin a, and his cousin uh, and the fucking gay guy phenomenal yeah, yeah, yeah. just phenomenal uh, and the manager who's like in the wife that was my favorite storyline wise uh, of those I yeah, keep forgetting yeah. his last name Nico's last name Bellic uh, right? Nico, Nico Bellic very yeah. good um, and keeping that vibe of like what makes that world appealing 
And you're just doing a, that tone. The tone is to like me Serbian the key. Scarface almost. Well, yeah, the yeah. tone is the key. I mean, the, the, mm. the I mean, the last one with Nico Bellic is it's an immigrant story who rises to the it's Scarface. No, no, no totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that stuff's always appealing. But I mean, at one point, the move um, because at a point in time, and again, we we point to this with the idea that. In a lot of cases, Halo, as an example, it's taken years. Uh, it'll mean, never. I don't believe it's ever going to happen. Peter Jackson's had the right for years, and Guillermo del Toro was involved. This deal was set up. It was a split deal between Universal and Fox. And the reality is, the movie at the time was going to be like two hundred million, which sounded that that was a big deal. At the now time. it's four. Now three hundred is a, a good. No, yeah, totally. It's you know, avatar, it's multiple av- movies coming out. Your Avatar budgeted movies. now for Halo. Uh, I, I mean, the Avengers, I'm sure, is like a three hundred million dollar movie. Uh, and basically, uh, what was I, uh, which game was I trying? I'm sorry. Halo. Yeah, Halo, yeah. yes. So, uh, the fact of the matter was that Microsoft, rightly, had so much licensing life with Halo. Halo, by this point, when the movie was going on, they did the script in-house, they hired Alex Garland, it was, they sent Master Chief to deliver the script, which was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but the reality was that Microsoft had so much money that it was already making in figures, Books, comic books, fucking comics, everything. All the licensed Halo stuff that at a point in time as the studios bickered over cost and all of these things, it became clear right, that basically, what are we doing? We control this uh, because it's going to affect our lines negatively. And you look at Tomb Raider, which took – it's just now being rebooted. It took many years to recover from the family, I mean, I'm Jan DeBont I've worked with. I'm a big who, fan who of. Who did the first one? Jan uh, DeBont? No, Jan was the second one. First one was, I, I want to say John McTiernan. Although You're right. Wrong. I think it was McTiernan. Yeah. Uh, Simon West. Simon there West. There you go, Derek. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McTiernan was, uh, was, I think, rollerball at that point. <laughs> but like Simon West was coming up. He had Con Air and was like, you and know. And I like Con Air. I'm like, that's awesome. a big guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, Con Air is amazing. I thought <laughs> in the theater like four times. Um, and still, where does Pinball, man? Uh, I like Pinball. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of that movie. That movie to me is, in a sense... Kind of the prototype. It's it's out. The Rock is a much better movie. Okay. Yes, out of those, uh, out of I mean, the those, Rock's much fucking Bay Bruckheimer's. The Rock is my the favorite. The Rock is by Michael far. Bay's best movie. Yes, it is. By far. Okay, it's a smart movie. And it's still movie. cheesy as fuck though. At uh, some but point. it's smart. It's, it's still, dude. It's Ed cool. Harris lifts it up. I mean, it's a fucking great. Uh, it's an great elevated flip. action. Yes, absolutely. Piece. But Con Air to me is kind of, in a sense, the definitive Bruckheimer movie. And I say this why because it encompasses kind of what is his. Milieu before he started National Treasure, and I'm I'm going to be even sort of more four quad when he was making the action stuff post Simpson dying, right? So you would take actors that normally would never do these kind of movies in a million fucking years, okay, and cast them is characters that were your heroes or villains, but were slightly skewed. So in The Rock, Hummel is kind of a good guy. His motives are not necessarily the most evil. He's way going about it. It's not no, great. totally, but he's... Stanley Goodspeed is, in his own words, a chemical super freak, I believe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Hummel's got an ethos. He, I mean, at one point, he fucking yells at his guys well, that's for being exactly too it. fucking he brutal a, and he shit. He was a Trump yeah, patriot yeah. in Absolutely. his own Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You understood him. And then, you know, uh, and then Mason, Sean Connery, is the cultured prisoner who reads Dostoevsky and, and all this sort no, of totally. stuff. Totally. <laughs> uh, which was one of the best lines ever where... It's not those stands, but it's another one. And, and, uh, um, Telstoy or some yeah, shit. And yeah, goes, yeah. Does he play for the fucking Red Wings? Love it. Uh, but that, you know, look at Con Air. And at this point, okay, Nick Cage is like, I'm going to start to whore out. This is the summer of Con Air. Now, what year is Con Air, dude? Like 90, 97, I want to okay, say. Okay, so I am, uh, maybe I'm 97, I believe. Summer I am, 97. I am 13 years old. Now, here's the other big thing about Con Air for me. That movie introduced me to Ving Rames, 
Steve Buscemi, well, incredibly well Danny cast. Trejo, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. I mean, I I didn't know who these fucking people Rachel were. Rachel Ticketon. Yeah, that. Who's the dude who played um uh uh the guy with the bunny, like the southern fucking Nick Chinland, I believe is his name. Really? That's good the actor. one guy. Yeah, it was a good Billy actor. Billy Bedlam. Billy Bedlam, that's uh, what it was, yeah. But the, the fun of it was that yes, you went okay, Steve Buscemi as the most vicious fucking killer, great, the, but, the, but the hero of the movie kind well, of. Well, he you cheer at the end. Yeah, he has he's that so good in the movie. Tw- that's probably a reshoot at the end too. That the, little girl the, moment with the yeah, yeah. No, no, the thing at the end with him in the in Vegas gambling. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot I about it. I bet you that's oh, yeah. I, I I may not I bet you that's probably a reshoot little button, a quick little pickup. Uh just cuz he's so popular. Uh, but that's the thing that those are, are, uh, so Con Air is not anywhere near as good of a movie, but the bombastic score, the, it's just sort the of ridiculous one-liners. Oh, like, I mean, John it's, Cusack it's, in Birkenstocks is just and, like. And, and I know this doesn't, it's not equatable because the, the cast isn't at that same level, but that's almost what I wanted the expendables to be. Well, I mean, look, the ex- that's a fun fucking ensemble action flick with like a lot of different actors. Are you, did you like the expendables? I, look, I was, Drunk off my ass. My friend almost got in a fist fight. So I mean, it was like so a, you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any great pretense that it's a great movie, but I kind of didn't want it. I, I all I will say is it, it it's enough of a crowd please. I mean, look when the, when Schwarzenegger walks in for that cameo, our theater explodes. I mean, yeah, it, um, people, I don't think it's high art by any stretch. It's not a movie I'm going to buy on DVD. My issue was you go the movie before is the fucking you throw a baby into a fire and shoot it. Like I it was like you need to keep the gore up for me. And like I thought Rambo had was way bloodier than I, I saw Rambo in Australia and it was amazing very right? pleasantly surprised yeah that's that like movie. the most unnecessarily violent film I, of all time I like Rocky Balboa it. I actually I haven't think, seen it oh no. you should see that movie Rocky Balboa to me is a uh, very worthy movie uh I saw Rocky Balboa this was actually great I was a really I'd broken up with a girl uh I got my heart broken by this actress right who will remain nameless and I went to a movie theater um, was it Christian Stewart? No, she was like she was probably twelve. <laughs> but I, uh, the bridge down by, or was the yeah, bridge? Yeah. Now it's called the Rave down the by bridge? the airport. And I think I went opening night to go see Rocky Balboa, and I was stunned because you had all of these kids at the theater who were too young to have, to have ever seen Rocky any, Five. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. And Rocky Five is the bad one too. Yeah, so but it's it's the like last if they one, saw one, they saw the bad. I saw one. Rocky yeah. Five in the theater. That's not a very good movie, but. Uh, but four is my favorite by far, man. Drago. Well, four's just got the sound. I mean, it's got Drago. Three. Fucking like uh, three and four, I saw in the theater. So to me, those were uh, you know three. I thought five was but, but no, no, no. This just is. And I, I think I was I was turning twenty eight, so it was like, oh god, I'm ten years out of high school now. I had no reason to complain <laughs> or anything, but like felt old. I'm getting and there, man. It's yeah, an yeah. awesome movie about kicking aging in the ass. You will find I found a found myself I'm very oddly moved by it, and I'll tell you what, it's one of my favorite movie going experiences ever. The minute they save that theme, okay, you don't get the theme until you are in the theme in the movie. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. well done, and it's like the shark in Jaws theme, or whatever. It, sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When that theme hits, that theater exploded, and the final fight because I, this is not a spoiler, I don't think. The guy he's fighting is not Mason Ivan Tarver. Drago. Mason Tarver, right? Uh, no, um, um, Antonio Tarver. Antonio Tarver, but his name was um, Mason, Mason Dixon. That's Mason, right. Mason Dixon. Mason Dixon. Yes, thank you. Mason <laughs> the Lion Dixon. Stallone is amazing at making character names. Did you see the movie? Yes. Uh, what did you think? 
I loved it. Okay, thank you. So Derek, so Derek Mason the Line Dixon. And if guys, people listening to this podcast, we're rambling all over the place. I just hope you get at least a couple trinkets of knowledge. Write shit down. And write some movies Listen down back. to go yeah, watch yeah, if yeah. you haven't seen them. Pick some video the games. charm of the movie. And there's Rocky gives one of the all-time great like sports movie speeches at one point through his kid. But it's such it's a bookend to the series A. But Mason the Line Dixon is not Ivan Drago or Clubber Lang or Tommy the Machine Gun. He's not a bad He's guy. Not a bad guy, just a boxer. They are two men who need to be defined by each other. And I believe uh, without spoil, the ending is the right ending. Um, you know, Adrian is dead. Uh, which I'm is you, you learned at the beginning, yeah, yeah. which is fine. You can't, Rocky, you're going to get killed. You can't only too many times. <laughs> um, it's very satisfying. I highly recommend checking it out. It is of all the like, Hey, we're going to make some money by grabbing uh, a series that we're, this was clearly personal to Stallone. And it is, I think very clearly his commentary about sort of the, the being down in Hollywood for, a and bit. it was, and it was really was the relaunch. I mean, that's the guy who, was, who wasn't fucking working. Like people forget, like Stallone was gone for, for probably close to half a decade. If not, he had had, I mean, he tried Copland, which didn't really click. But he was making stuff like ICU. He was making and weird shit. Like he hadn't done a fucking Stallone movie in years. Studios were not interested in the Stallone. No, movie. and and he was like, "Well, fuck you all. I'm gonna do this all on my own. I'm gonna direct and write these movies." And he's done three in a row now that have all hit massively, right? They've all made money. All three, uh, yeah. Rocky, Rambo, and then Expendables. That's what right? I mean. That's yeah. It, yeah. So I mean, so that's a dude who definitely brought his career back. There's another dude who brought his career back in recent years and has become one of my favorite people to listen to in the world, and that is Mickey Rourke. Ah, yes. Uh, he was at the Scream 4, uh, screen premiere the other night, and, uh, Vulture is, I guess, a magazine, and they, they interviewed him. Did you hear what he said? I think I know where you're going, but I will let you, uh, I don't uh, want to spoil. But they, yes, if I read if you guys haven't seen it, there's a French film called 13 Zamedi or Russian. Uh, yeah, but it's a great, it's an uh, assassin. Really great fucking movie. It's, if we bid on it at New Line, if I remember correctly. The quick pitch is like, um, it's, you get kidnapped and you 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 wake up in a room and and you're you're in a circle with thirteen dudes and you all have a gun. Yeah, it's, and it's Russian roulette. The it's movie. A, it's a Russian roulette. The movie and and rich men bet on it. They pick a guy and they go, he's gonna live. He's gonna live. So they were doing an American remake of it. I remember I remember hearing about this on Cop Out because one of the uh, stand-ins was actually had a line in that movie and he was all excited. I was like, well, that's badass. Um, I, I forget who someone decent directed it. Even it hasn't seen the light of day yet. And uh, at the Premiere of Screen 4, they asked him, what was it like uh, working with 50 Cent? This is Mickey Rourke. 50 Cent's in the film, so is Jason Statham. And this is in regarding to 13, the remake. Uh, so they said, you guys are in a movie together, right? And Rourke said, a really bad movie, yeah. And they go, what? Is it out? He goes, no, it's so bad it can't get out. <laughs> Tell me why you made it then. For the money? But you think the movie's bad? It's terrible. Why? You have to watch it? He didn't stop there, though, it says. Then I asked him about his new film coming out with Bill Murray and Megan Fox. And they wrote, what about your movie with, with Bill Murray and Megan Fox? How apt. He wrote, terrible. Another terrible movie. But, you know, in your career and all the movies you make, you're going to make dozens of terrible ones. And they said, you called Megan Fox, like, one of the best actresses of all time. That I worked with, smirk. <laughs> and they wrote, well, that movie's getting a limited release. He goes, that's because it's not very good. So that was that was Mickey Rourke on the two films he's promoting currently. He's honest. I I would not be thrilled if I was a financier. I feel like you can rock movies. that on the thirteen one, which isn't going to get seen. But the Bill Murray art house one, like 
that's kind of sacred ground to be like, no, it's terrible. I have to say that it's stunning to me that the if it, with the action movie cast they have at least a DVD play, they probably can't justify it because the DVD money's not there anymore. So they're they're holding out to try to get some theatrical break, or certainly internationally. There's with that cast certainly worldwide. Got, you make I mean, you've a little got an extendable Expendables reunion almost because Jason, Statham, Jason Statham alone in an action movie internationally should give you a little bit of business. So something something smells on that to me, but. That's I'm trying to see. Idea. No, yeah, yeah. Emmanuel Shariki, Alexander oh, Skarsgård. Emmanuel Shariki's a great guy. I'm looking at the IMDb right now. Freaking Eric Northman, the vampire, is in this movie. Like, yeah. this is the most sellable movie in the world right now. You've got the dude from True Blood. Who directed it? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find out right now. Because I remember it was someone even that I had that I had heard of. I believe. Look, bad movies happen. It's, no, I don't it's... know who it is. Gilia Babaluni. He's yeah. the director of. Thirteen Samedi. It is. It, it's the, he, they, it's they, the, original the guy who guy. did the original. Uh, did this remake. never ever do never that. works. It right? doesn't work. That's what the, the problem. It really was does here. not. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing how many times it doesn't work. Can't direct a movie twice. Okay, uh, I know. It, does it come down to that? I should, like, we should have guessed. Yeah, that just never. Night. Go back to night. The original. Um. Uh, the original Night Watch. I think it was called. Not the Russian Timor one. But the one with Ewan McGregor and I think it's Nick Nolte. Is it based on the same book? It's a Danish horror movie. Uh, but it's based on the, on the. No, no, it's a different thing. Oh, so it's, it's, it's not uh, the, mem- it's not the, Night, it was, I think it's called Nightwatch. I don't know if you have your app still open, but uh, I remember McGregor, seeing trailers for it. Ewan shit. McGregor was like a, uh, worked in a uh, morgue. Yes. I remember seeing trailers for that. Patricia Arquette and Nick Nolte. I remember vividly seeing him on a gurney with like really soft white light and shit in like yeah. a trailer. I yeah, think, yeah. I think Nick Nolte's the killer, I believe. That's awesome. Sorry. I'm going to spoil <laughs> that for Spoiler the three of you that have that in your queue. But that, that was a remake of a foreign film that the I same think guy Danish, did. but the vanishing didn't, well, that was different director but they just it, there's been a bunch of these that they don't work you can't do it it, it, it something doesn't uh click whereas they they say like i haven't seen the uh let the right one in re- remake of you I, it was a I've serviceable heard, remake i have certain friends who prefer it to the original now it was well made i mean again well cast and stuff i am just sort of like the original i i get it I mean, I get mean, why they did it. We live like I'm remaked out. Personally, you got in so. this. I was just gonna say you got in this industry not so long ago, but in the in the years you've been here, things have shifted to a point where like it's it now it's just remaking fucking Frank. What was it like that when you first got in? No, I mean, look, you always had. I feel at some level part of it in a certain way because at least for New Line, we had we had gone through a down period, and look, licensed stuff was always you got. I mean. It's not like Spider-Man and these things weren't in active development, and they were always going to have these gem titles. No, no, totally. But, you know, for us, the one-two punch of Freddy vs. Jason and then Texas Chainsaw, the remake, uh, were huge for New Line. and, and this is after Rings, right? Ring, the and, Japanese. And the Blade, fl- and the Blade Flicks, which well, yeah, kept the, kind of yeah, a float. Well, again, look at it like this. You had had waves, because the buyers work in sort of waves. Um, things get hot. So the ring hits, and everything is J-horror. You get the grudge, and it's always how it works. You get one that works really well, and, and then, then one every- that- one after it comes and does okay, and then it starts to fall off. And then off it saturates. You're it's totally like screamed, right. I know what you did last summer, and, and then, then you get down to Valentine's. And then I know you did last summer, we're still kind of all right even, and then it, it trickles out. It's you're always totally, how you go down yeah, to Urban Legend to Valentine. You know, that's, that's funny, man. Yeah. Things work. And so you're seeing it with comics now, and it will continue to sort of go around and do that. Um, and ultimately, I think those two movies 
were part of then the wave of it started a lot with horror to go do the remakes because that was it was cheap you could do it there were easy titles to go pick up a lot of the rights were available because a lot of them because there were horror movies you know there were things that franchises in the in the 80s they were kind of like all right we'll put it out but it was a little hands off and especially since people started going to japan to take these no one gave a fuck it's not like they were precious with the rights it just sort of horror was back and now this was the thing to go do then it sort of spread to where everything as we talked about last time was sort of pre-awareness driven and, you know, look, I, I made my bones as an executive to a certain level by being a guy who understood the geek marketplace and taking titles that I thought would be cool. So I can't shit on it. No, no, But totally. at the same time, yeah, one of the things that made me quit ultimately was I just sat here and I said, is that all there is? I found myself um, having to take home, you know, entire the entire catalog and going through and just like we're all required to get five titles to go do. I can do it. I could do it probably, frankly, pretty well. It's just not exciting. It's not why I did this. Yeah, you could do the math and figure out what would work and what wouldn't, but then it becomes it's not. It's not even math. It's you have a commercial sense at all. If you hear stuff, okay, here's the take. Okay, I can take this old thing and flip it. You know, and and I I just think look, it it's one of the. I just think we're at the point where uh, if we don't start getting some original stuff, what are you remaking in five years? Yes, and and we're 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 getting to a point where. I mean, and that films and then comic book companies aren't buying original content anymore. They're not launching original content. Comic companies don't exist to do original. Comic companies, you have to understand, are now uh, they're now this, movie. They're feeders for that, at a certain level. They're yes, feeder, they are they're farm teams almost. Yeah. Uh, print is dead ostensibly. Okay, uh, let's just. We'll what do you the do? You think? Room. So I mean, it's three dead. years from now, Marvel and DC all digital. Yeah, I mean, at a point. Other than is there still a point the in making comics at that point is, though? Look, as a comic book writer or an artist, uh, if there's no tangible book, is there still a fucking I'll point? It, well, let me put you this way. Yeah, yeah. If I think we've hit an issue of dollar to value, okay, and it's a, it's a it's a yes. formula. And in the world you live in now, you have a Netflix account. Uh, I don't, but okay, but I but, easily could. Right. I, I pirate. You could pay seven. <laughs> okay, well, you're honest. At least. Shame on you. Uh, seven dollars uh, a month to get, I think, Netflix streaming, right? For thousands upon thousands. Or Hulu Plus, even th- infinite hours. And in infinite Netflix hours now it's starting to do original content and stuff and all that there. You could go, and if you're a comic fan and you want to buy a big DC or Marvel book, a single issue, now in many cases 20 mm-hmm. pages, 21 pages, is four bucks. Well, except now DC is drawing the Three, line, drawing right. the line in two ninety nine. But still, right. but it will. That's ridiculous. For how, for for how long? Fifteen. And it's also how long does it take the average reader to read a comic? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. That's right. So you're paying four dollars for ten minutes. That's, that's right. like a fucking. So two comic. Li- books, that's like a sex line, dude. Two comic books is basically your monthly Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Wow. The average dollar value books, to the amount of time and value you get. That's a losing argument. You're one hundred percent right. Um, now add that with the sort of larger collapse of borders and major bookstores, which were your homes for trade. All the brick and mortars are going to be gone right. soon. Yeah. Uh, and you are in this very tough position where, okay, if you are someone, use the Netflix argument, you are a consumer. You have X amount of money to spend every month on your entertainment. Okay. And Netflix you get because it's – in fact, you may not even get cable because you say, I'll go get all my stuff at Netflix. I know people who don't – I mean, I'm – More I'm, and more common now. I might cancel break. cable soon with how often I'm watching just Hulu. I mean, if I want to watch network TV, it's on my computer. If I don't, I the, can the find The line has on. blurred yeah. in a remarkable way. And so if you happen to be – let's say you're an Iron Man fan, okay, and Iron Man is your thing. In the old days – 
Hey, you're a weirdo. No, okay. Well, <laughs> but if Iron Man is like the shit you want to collect, yeah, no, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You in the old days would go, and basically the only place you'd get Iron Man outside of the odd was cartoon the and stuff was the comic book store. Yeah. Well, now Iron Man, if you want, if I have $10 a month to spend on Iron Man related shit, Target, I could buy the movies in a double pack. I could buy toys. Walmart, I could buy I mean, video everywhere, games. And they've got it everywhere. That's yeah. right. So I can scratch my Iron Man fix in a variety of ways that dollar to value. Let's go back to that relationship. That, okay. That ratio, uh, are ultimately worth the spend. Even if they are on paper, more money because in the aggregate they're not. Oh, dude, I'm big on and I'm, and I'm so. a stereotypical Jew too. I remember when 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 movie theaters got to whatever it is, fucking seventeen dollars a oh, ticket now. Yeah, try thirty with popcorn and a drink. I was like, I would rather buy the DVD and have it forever. I call it entertainment value. You know what? I have the same thing. I've just never. It, it to me, it's always. I would rather spend twenty dollars on something I'll have forever than twenty dollars. You know, where do you I'll, see your movies? Where in LA do you go to see your movies? I live, live usually I live right by the Grove. Okay, the, so the Grove, Grove yeah. which is similar. I go to Century City often, okay, or yeah, Culver yeah. City. I mean, Century I would rather City. go ArcLight or somewhere else, but okay. like, out of convenience. But yeah, okay, yeah. you're still paying if you want to go see. If God forbid, it's 3D, eighteen eighteen dollars. Yeah. All right. If you buy on MovieTickets.com or on those, it's a dollar mark up there. Now, are you parking? Uh, add in, are you getting popcorn, popcorn and a drink? Soda, no, totally. So basically, you are spending half of a video game Go to a fucking for yes. 90 minutes. Yes. Dollar to value. One hundred, dude, and 100%. that's just where the world is. And has I changed. think, I, f- I feel like consumers are getting, getting hipper to At, it. More, more by years ago, I would go to the movie theaters and everyone wanted to get popcorn. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That same popcorn costs 30 cents at 7-Eleven across the street. Why would you pay a 500% markup on it? Yeah. And they were like, well, it's fucking real estate. When in, I remember be, living in Manhattan and being like fucking 21 or whatever. My friends would go to nightclubs and shit, which I was, I'm not that dude. The oons, oons, yes, oons. those fucking like oh, yeah. have to have a chick to get in and like uh. buy a table and bottles and shit. And I remember I was, I didn't, I don't even drink. I, I'm, a, I'm a pothead. So I remember getting into it with one of these guys who owned the nightclub and I was like, how much is that bottle of vodka? And he was like, oh, $350. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, $350 for a bottle of Grey Goose. And I was yeah. like, all right, homie. I was like, look, you know, like I, you know, I'm not one of them. Let's talk human to human for a second. You know, I can go to Rite Aid and get that for 40. How is this the only industry where you can justify like an 800% markup? And he was like, it's real estate. You're paying for the real estate. I was like, so I'm paying for loud, horrific music. Yeah. And dancing Persian people. And that table. And and that table. And and that's sort of, but that's what the movie, that's what movie theaters are doing too. They're like, hey, you're in a fucking movie theater. Pay for it. I am. You're at Disneyland. Pay $10 a hot dog. I'm a free marketeer. Okay. Which was not popular in this country for all, but I think it's making a comeback real quick. And if there is a market for something and people want to pay that money. Whereas you can pay $40, $50 to see Sucker punch for an hour and a fucking half and feel like you got mentally raped, A, because... This is Smith fans going to their Lollapalooza at a certain Yeah, absolutely. So or, fi- the, or fish fans, yeah. I totally get the business of it. I respect it. And I think everything will start going to that in a sense that people will start playing to their audience. It's no, You don't need to go four quadrant if you have... Well, but you have to have that thing. And that okay. is, at the end of the day, you have to have a direct market audience absolutely. that you can go to and basically say... All right, if I can justify... Or like Edward Burns is doing. I'll give you an example. I mean, I think 
Um, you know, I do a lot of the, in streaming media now. That's a big Bailey. Yeah, absolutely. Geek mine. Week is, is, is uh, every, right. and check it out. We yeah. are a, a year old Friday. We have done 13, um, by the end of Friday, probably about 13 and a half million uh, viewers. Shit, year, in a year, year dude? One. No, yeah. So we have made a great deal with Justin TV. They feature us prominently. We have, we have benefited from that, but we've gotten deeper and deeper in bed with them in part. Because I, I, A, went around on the college tour last year and I heard all these kids talk about going off the grid and they were sitting there and getting half of their stuff pirated off of Ustream <laughs> and Justin TV. Uh, but I sat there and I looked around and I started to get to know the guys at the company and realized I mean, they do 30 million views a month. So uh, let's look at it this way. As a guy who uh, most successful comic I've ever written on is probably Booster Gold, okay? Which was a fantastic uh, run too. But dude. that did uh, at its prime about maybe 35,000 units a, a month on average, okay? That's actually not really great pre-awareness if you look at it. I, I realized an hour on the front page of Justin TV, I do fifty thousand eyeballs in an hour. You do, in an hour, you you do more, and then and that doesn't require fucking the paper, the cost of print. I mean, right, all nothing. of that overhead. And there's just there's an audience there, and so now if you're featured the right way, and more importantly, with the technological breakthroughs that are coming. And we've gotten, we're doing a lot of business with those guys. One of the things we've been working on, and I don't want to spoil too much, but basically they're going to have a full pay-per-view system that literally will allow, if Kevin Smith wants to go to Radio City Music Hall again, say hypothetically he's doing another no, no, Red, totally. Red State 2 tour, okay, and stream that as a live event where, okay, or like ICP, I'm going to give you a credit, ICP has a very loyal audience. I've done this with Fish already. I've, I've, I paid $40 to watch a right. live Fish concert. And I don't think it even has to be that much, but Fish could get away it with it. It was New that. Year's or whatever. You right, know what I mean? Because that's where they do the cover of whatever. It was like, absolutely, it was, it was the whole big Radio City show right. or whatever. But that's, that's where things are big. I remember years ago, uh, I went, it was the fish tour and there was, I couldn't get into one show and they were playing it in movie theaters. I saw a fish concert well, at United Artists. And that's where the movie theaters are going to go. People brought in whippet tanks and shit, but that was kind of funny. But this is where the movie theaters is how they're going to say, the only way they're going to be able to save their ass. Because you've got to make it like VOD sing, coming. Because if you're charging as much as a concert, make it like a fucking concert. That's right. It's an entertainment experience. Yeah, like, that's what these have to be. I can even see paying that money at the El Cap, which I haven't been to, but from what I hear, is like an entertainment experience. Seeing, at the, at the, have you been there? No, I never. I'm not a Disney guy. That's, okay, so, but but I hear they have a fucking organist and they've got props from the thing and they've got things in the lobby and it's not just people pay for experience, and that is. We have to become at a certain level almost a part carnival to go along with our exhibition. And um, I think all of these new mediums and models are going to enable that in interesting ways. And I think new business models will emerge. That is really where I kind of Do you think the root of source of this is the technology or the overabundance of shit out there? You know what I think it is? I think it's a, it's a combination of technology meeting demand. Okay? And I, I think I've said this maybe before when I was here. We are just at the point where, particularly the young audience, the the Napster generation has kids, okay? Yeah. yeah. So, which is frightening, but they have kids, and so <laughs> piracy is sort of ingrained. And I could have a fucking kid. That's I'm twenty six years it's old. Horrifying, dude. I could have children. children. That's double. Yeah. The other day, I thought about that. I was like, I could have a six year old if I was from the south. I, a kid I went to high school has <laughs> got a thirteen year old, and I'm horrified. Fucking freaky, got, I mean, yeah. But I think at the end of the day, if you don't deliver the content that consumers want at the price point they want. In the medium of delivery that they demand, they will steal it. Yes. 
And 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 going back to my piracy thing, like okay, I don't pirate everything, but for instance, what you just said, there, uh, I love these these British comedians named Mitchell and Webb. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know, I know that, yeah. the guys from Peep Show or whatever, yeah. and they did a radio series called that Mitchell and Webb Sound, and iTunes didn't have the first two seasons to for purchase in America, so I fucking pirated them. But they did have the third season, so I bought that. Right. If it's because I would rather. Pay five bucks and deal with having to find it and download it. That's what I'm saying. If you, if they put the content there in a way that the consumer wants it. This is the wiggly sort of moral. I mean, it's kind of fucked up, right? Yeah. yeah. But this is now what people have to learn to navigate. And that's why you see companies even releasing things directly to BitTorrent, perhaps sponsored by another company. So it's a big ad for things. It's, you know, uh, Schindler's List brought to you with limited commercial interruption by Ford. Or so that's why certain things don't get taken down on YouTube now. You know, you can watch a full movie. You know that the fucking companies could know about that. Uh, I'll give you an example. The Masters this weekend, all right? Uh, I'm, I enjoy watching The Masters on television. I, I have a variety of passions, and I suppose, in entertainment. And uh, their ads were, I think, exclusively paid for by like three or three or four different companies and made it so that I think you had like 57 or 56 minutes of continuous coverage every hour. So it was a way to basically, we're going to do this. You're going to take a limited thing to get our little plug, but we're paying to basically give you the convenience of watching the whole thing. Oh, dude, I, I went to go, I Google searched. There was this show called like Going Tribal or something, which was some BBC show about this guy who lived with tribes in the Amazon, whatever. I went, I Googled, videoed it uh, to see if I could find it, and it came up on YouTube, and I was like, sweet. And then it said on YouTube, Three ninety five for rental. That's coming. That's, you can that's rent it. shit on YouTube. YouTube's going to go to a big streaming interface as well. Monetizing your time online now. Look, the Chinese do a lot of their consumer, uh, their content consumption on per item. So if you wanted to watch the latest episode of Sopranos, they charge you're you not per- paying HBO. You're buying from the you're buying episodes of the Sopranos. So that model may start to click here a little bit. And I don't, you know, uh, we talked about the in betweeners before. We have, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, you know that is. Uh, my favorite British television show. I'd highly recommend it to anyone to go check out. But if I had the ability, like, I know the season three is out there. I know it's on BitTorrent. Now, I'd like season three to come on my BBC America. That's, okay. And they, they just uh, got smart with, with the new season of Doctor Who. Right. They're day and dating it because Doctor Who was being pirated and, all over the place. And being human, I think, the next yeah. season also because it's, they finally realized what a torrent fucking means over in Britain. You yeah, know what I mean? I mean? Yeah. Doctor Hugh, Doctor, Doctor Hugh, that's the Asian. Uh, I did that with version. extras when it first aired. I was watching extras the next day from the, I watched it a year before the Americans because, and people get savvy to that. You can, Amer- um, HBO, the new Chris Lilly, that Australian guy from Summer Heights High. The new show is simulcasting Australia and America because they know if we don't put it, if we don't get the content out there, if the content's out there before we put it out there, people are going to fucking get it for free. And people are just, they're not incentivized to subscribe to HBO anymore as a, as a, as a virtue of that. And so, uh, it's just going to be a fundamentally different, I think, way that we consume. Now, the issue will be you have a code. You'll go buy season three of the show after downloading the other two. There are a lot of people that don't. They don't give a shit. They think content should be free. And that is going to be the big sort of push I just want it pull. to be easy if that makes I just want content to be easy if that makes sense. Well, that's, and that's cloud and all of these no, things. No, no, that, and exactly. No, yeah, going. yeah, absolutely. You, you buy something once, you'll be able to pull it down on any device. But it seems like a lot of the bigger companies are picking up on this. Like uh, Vince McMahon the other day just announced they're dropping the wrestling out of WWE, right? That's been something, you know, uh, when I started working, I think we talked a little bit about this last time. When I worked in the wrestling business when I was in high school, great training for show business. Uh, and my first dinner I had 
with uh, that night working for WCW. I was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I had dinner with Mike Tenay, who is uh, still broadcast today. He was a play-by-play guy <clears throat> does for TNA now on Spike. Uh, and a guy named Tom Hunt, who was my boss, who was an executive there, who had been an executive with the WWF at the time. Okay. And there are two things I remember very vividly from the dinner. One, that the local reporter in, from that covered wrestling for the Detroit News, where I was from, was a pedophile and going to get busted. And he did. <laughs> and he did. Uh, and two, that Vince's bailiwick, even then, his big thing to do was to get the word wrestling out of the name. And that has been they have you know they've called it sports entertainment on television I mean, for, for years, a for long fucking time. ten years now yeah uh, you know originally some of that was legally to get out of issues with licensing and, and, and stuff and betting and shit like that well, right? more or, more being uh, licensed by states okay. that was the big thing so you could get you'd pay less things and be in a different category in certain states oh, if I see you were what not you're sports, sports entered, yeah no yeah yeah so but um you know look they uh, I know Triple H a little bit who's moved into a, a pretty good position you know he uh, is a McMahon now and is going to basically... He married Stephanie in real life, They will right? run the company when Vince is at... Vince will actually probably die at some Shane point. Shane got out of wrestling entirely, He, he was apparently. actually on the Masters broadcast on Sunday, ironically. Doing what? Golfing? He, he's a partner in some man that Rory McIlroy's like management. That's program, awesome. Were you like, fucking take uh, your shirt off and spear someone? I, didn't, I honestly didn't even see it. I missed it. And I saw people on Twitter. He was trending. I was like, why is Shane McMahon trending? Uh, but that's just the natural move of a lot of these things. And it's, it's no different than Marvel saying, we want to go now and we're a production house. And that's what these brands do now. I mean, look, you live in a world where the cart. I understand why to the layperson it's crazy. And they go, wait, but you're wrestling. What then? You do? What do you? What is this? The fact is, Cartoon Network plays live action shows. That's only it's Cartoon Network is now Adult Swim, Japanese imports, uh, and live action. Uh, country music television plays all sorts of stuff. Okay, sci-fi See, channels don't wrestling. channels don't play what they're supposed to play anymore. Right. So the this, green, like even new channels, like there was that green channel they launched, Planet Green, which I don't know. Like I, I'm on Directv, so right. come midnight, ninety percent of my shows go paid programming because it's an East Coast feed. Right. So one of the channels that plays twenty four hours is something called Planet Green that launched like six months ago, and the first two months it was all like the worst fucking hippie eco. Like, uh, Biodome, the series. Yes, or like fucking Ed Bigley Jr., like putting solar panels on his fucking roof. Right, I remember that show, yes. And then within three months, they're showing like fucking like deadliest catch type shit and like African deadly prey safari and like reality shows and like. Dude, AMC plays Halloween 5. Yeah. Now, I can watch Halloween. Turner plays some funny fucking movies now, too. Okay. Well, you know, uh, Turner's got a great history. Turner, uh, when I worked in wrestling, the Beastmaster was always their go-to. Like a Braves game got rained out. That was like Beastmaster Roadhouse ratings (laughs) every time. Uh, yeah, Halloween Five is an American like, movie. That's class. on AMC. That's an, it's an American movie classic. It's, yo, it's on. easily one of the finest of the series. Absolutely, <laughs> like that is maybe one of, one of in my, it's in my top nine of the Halloween. Yeah, exactly films. right. No, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's maybe the worst of the series. <laughs> it's up there. It's in the bottom three for me. Probably when I was twelve, it was the scariest movie I've ever. Well, seen. Well, there's a, a, five. No, there you go. There is one excellent sequence when she is in the trash chute or whatever, and he's stabbing. Into the trash chute and stuff to get out of that was pretty well directed. Four is not a bad movie. Which one is four? Four is the return of Michael. That's where they brought Michael Myers back after season of The Witch. Okay, that was okay too. Yeah, four is yeah. not bad. It was actually very successful. <laughs> but uh, five has that scene where they lock him up in jail and then like the, those the man in black people like break him out and you cannot 
That that was when they they realized you can't do anything to her. We're fucked. <laughs> that was where they were going to set up the thorn and all of that uh, ridiculousness. Is he was possessed by evil Celtic yeah, that they gave, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Paul Rudd is the only one that can stop him. That's true of most things. Yes, you know, uh, but the when in doubt, that, call Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd. He literally, apparently, I didn't know this, but all Jamie Lee Curtis ever had to do was cut herself. Put a Celtic rune in a circle and say Sam Hain, and it would stop him. Who knew? Yeah, Donald Pleasance is getting he, burned. He hates Celtic shit, Michael Myers. He's you so anti druid. That is the franchise I most want to work on. My Halloween? I would love, and would, I say it would to you Malik, reboot again? You'd have I to. I say right? it to Malik, I say it to Malik Akkad all the time, and I actually say it to Brad Luff, who runs Dimensions, a friend of mine, and every time I talk to him, I say, please let me do Halloween. How many times can you reboot a franchise? I want, here's the thing. I'm just, I, I view. Would you not? You don't need to kind of. Reboot I'll tell you what that, I would. Right? I'll tell you what I would do. I wouldn't do a reboot, okay? But I would view it as though the Rob Zombie movies. But now you understand by me telling you this story, it basically means it will never happen because yeah. I'm telling it on the. But I'll fuck it. I'll do it. Um, because then all fans going, "Oh, that's good." No, 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 um, totally. You'll get them all wet. Basically. I would take the Rob Zombie movies and say that they exist in an alternate sort of. They're they're like Earth Two, okay? So Rob fans, fans of those series can say they're there, Don't get pissed and that off. is Rob's vision of Michael Myers, and they are on its own thing. Okay, it's in the Devil's Rejects but universe. I think or it's just yeah, it's yeah. in the zombie verse. Okay, it's 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 another uh, skewed. It's like Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Okay, it's skewed off. So what I would do, and I think the thing that defined that series to me, actually more than anything else, was Donald Pleasance, and the Loomis, Loomis part, is missed yeah. very badly. And so, I mean, Malcolm, I'll the movie, really the well, tricks. I'll tell you, I, there's two versions of this that I've, that I've brought up. And actually, you know, they've gotten good responses from when I've brought them up. Uh, one is more likely to actually get done from a business perspective. One is 10,000 times cooler. Okay. I'm going to tell you the 10,000 times Go cooler one, yeah, and then I'll give you the likely one. Okay. So I love Loomis. I think the fans love Loomis. I think the fans miss Loomis. I would go. And I would pay a million dollars, a million five, whatever it took, and I would hire, it may take a couple million, and it's worth it. I'd hire either, on the expensive end, Michael Caine, <laughs> on the lower end, Brian Cox. And the story that I would tell, the Halloween franchise is a franchise about family, okay? It's basically the idea that, you know, Michael Myers has to kill along this bloodline. Even the Rob ones, it's family. It's Laurie yeah, yeah, Strode's Laurie thing, sister. yeah. Well, we know Sam Loomis, who's a good man. Okay. He is, he is a decent man. He is basically an obsessed and driven man. We've never met Sam Loomis's brother, who's not a good man, who's a man that spent the bulk of his life in prison. Think Wilson and the Limey. Okay. But he knew his brother was the good son. He was breaking Miss Grandma Loomis's heart. Well, Dr. Loomis was the apple of the eye. All right. But since, Older Loomis, her brother Loomis, has been away in prison w- across the country or whatever, uh, Lompoc, wherever you want to put him. Sam Loomis has died. He has died chasing his great white whale, which is Michael Myers. And according, I think, to the rebooted history, they say he had a heart attack in Halloween H2O, I think is how they explain it. Is that, is that how they that's what they Loomis? say. Okay. He died sort of no- naturally. If you see Halloween 6, he's like infected. I don't fucking know. Uh, I try to forget that one. Uh, is H two wait which H two O is the reboot. I've seen that one. Is that the one with Buster Rhymes? Yeah, oh, no, that's Halloween Resurrection. Okay, there you go. But basically, <laughs> what I would do is I would come and I'd basically do the horror revenge movie, with the idea being that the Michael Myers that we have 
he's still the classic Michael Myers. He comes every Halloween to have. He's still feeling. around. He's still right. killing people. And basically, at least at some level, finding a worthy adversary. You Poor still, Michael. you still have the kids because the moral issue for uh for Michael Caine, let's say, is do I go and get my revenge and take this fucking thing out? I'm gonna come and wait for him. You know, did you ever see uh Friday thirteenth, the final chapter? Part yes. four? Yeah. That's my that and six are my favorites. Okay. And in part four, there's a great character that I think gets short shrift. There's a guy in the woods who's hunting for revenge because his sister was killed That's right. by yeah, Jason yeah. Voorhees. And he ends up getting killed to buy Tommy Jarvis and the sister time to escape. He's, he's, going, he's killing me. He's killing me. Because <laughs> right, everyone does that when they're getting killed. Um, you it's a way know. to go and do the hunter going after the big bad and having a word. I mean, think about it. Look at your horror franchises. The ones we like most generally are the ones where the guys have a worthy adversary. You go to Elm Street. Dream Warriors is incredibly popular. All right. Because A, it's got a critical pedigree, but it's got Nancy and a bunch of other characters you care about fighting. Okay, uh, you go to the the Halloween. It's Laurie Strode and Loomis. It, that's why they ruined it in the next one by killing them all off in like uh, the first five. Well, seconds. but they, but the Dream Master was successful no, too I mean, because yeah, Alice yeah. was a popular character. All I'm saying is, I think you give something like that character. Now, the more likely version is it will end up being Loomis's son because you can cast a younger actor and, more importantly, lock him into multiple pictures to become your new Loomis figure. Well, and it's great, but yeah. you got to pass that torch. Do that, and it works because Lo- and it elevates it. You're right, Loomis is always. I mean, Laurie. He's the heart of it. Laurie, while while fucking always reappearing, is, is always just kind of. She doesn't give Loomis a shit. Loomis is the heart. Loomis has is sta- has a staked interest in ending this. Laurie just. Wants He's to- Van Helsing. Yeah. And what is Dracula without Van Helsing? Uh, No, totally, dude. And so you've got to find, and I think in the culture we live in, a anti-hero Van Helsing is a very interesting. Now, if it's the son, he never knew his dad because his dad was too obsessed with Michael Myers. Fucking hunting. But either way, it's about family closure in the same way that Michael's arc is about family yeah, and closure. It, it, would it be a straight-out slasher flick, or it seems it's a like Halloween it, movie. it'd be a combo of both? Though, but it it's classic like, fucking Haddonfield. Deliver what I want from a fucking Halloween. <laughs> movie. Make the mask not look like shit. With the technology we have, how can we not get a mask that looks like the original yeah. fucking mask? It's pretty okay? fucking easy. This is ridiculous. But give me that with a new spirit that at least makes it again. To me, I love the Lion. I love revenge movies. Um, and I've wanted to make the horror revenge movie for a long time. It's probably it, more likely to be frank with you. I'm going to end up writing this as an original thing and, and going to try to go make it direct right, it as opposed to, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I want that idea of the horror, horror revenge, revenge movie to me. I tried to do it at New Line. I've tried, I mean, Dude, uh, when's, hey, so no one a Halloween where Chris Pine is the mask instead. That's hey, that's <laughs> new age. Why not? I mean, it, uh, it, it, I, I just think that that's audiences, horror audiences, all they want is a, tickle their pickle a little bit with continuity. Not well, it doesn't have to be crazy, just a little one hundred percent. And and it's and, and it's the tr- it's the new it's the the the, the any like I'm a horror fucking genre fan, but it's anytime someone can do something new. Like though the movie wasn't as great as I had hoped it would be, the collector. Do you know what that is? I, you know I, my fr- I know the guys who wrote and directed. I have not seen it. The fucking when I saw the trailer, I like the when, when I heard it. the concept, I was like, that is probably yeah. one of the greatest horror. Con- saw I was fucking in love with. That I know concept, those guys pretty dude. well. I know James and James Wan well. and and, uh, and well, Lee Whannell yeah. and I know and I mean, yeah. and I mean I know a lot of the Saw guys. James Wan's uh, a friend of Destiny who's on the show. Yeah, yeah, he just did Insidious. Said that yeah, Insidious really in well. theaters yeah. now and has held up nicely no, totally. for them. 
And but yeah, that, they, just a simple fucking like high concept. Guy goes into a house to rob someone already a serial killer. There, boom, that's your fucking movie. Two guys wake up in a room, dead guy in the middle with a gun. Boom, that's your movie. We, yeah, I'm never gonna see my bloody Valentine or prom date or any of the other clone slasher. I don't, I don't see those. You know what I mean? And I'm a horror fan, but it's like the. A barn on slasher flick just doesn't do it for me. Well, a me lot of anymore. those are not designed. They're designed for teenage girls. They're not designed for you. A lot of those. Her and, me. and and Derek. Well, that's the same audience. Derek, no, but a lot Derek of a, a lot girls. of the horror movies. That is that is really a lot of what Scream did was it because it crossed over in a broad way. That was the start, but it just became a more and more of a tipping point to where, particularly as young men went to video gaming and kind of rejected going to the movies, uh, or well, going that, I mean, less. That, and that was the whole Expendables campaign. Remember that fucking trailer that dude made don't, about? Don't let the women win. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah take it love, back so. or whatever. Yeah, uh, you know that was the mistake of releasing Scott Pilgrim on that date. That was the same audience. Universal didn't realize that. Was there? I mean, I don't want to get into it too much further, but was there any way to save Pilgrim? In, I would have moved it. I would have. I would. That's a movie I would have snuck to critics. And and actually, you should never would have been on that date. No, I mean it, it went up against two. I mean it fucking opened. You with couldn't what? win on it that date. With what? You like two million. Th- it didn't I don't know. remember what the number was, but you couldn't win on that date realistically. That's one of it going back. Are you a fan of Scott? I like the, I mean, Edgar's a friend of mine. I That's one of my favorite. Yeah. I mean, and I and Derek Derek's cringing in the booth because I didn't like it the first time For I saw an it. Entire year he's like, it, what, what Pilgrim? Those are girls' books, right? But it'll it'll last. It's going to be in dorm rooms until the end. Absolutely. Of it's, it's it's um. It just look. It's about making a movie for the right cost. And putting it out on the right release date. And I think, I think Edgar really is one of these voices as, as is, uh, I haven't gotten to see super yet, but I've heard nothing but Yeah, amazing. James, I think, is a talented guy as well. I, and I felt that way about Snyder, but Sucker Punch took that away from me. You know, so. you're the second person I've talked to today that just has had the most negative it's reaction. One of the, it's one of the five worst films I've ever seen. Sucker Punch is the movie that Zack Snyder fans deserve for liking right. Zack Snyder. Well, I like what, but here's the thing. Here's what Sucker Punch did to me. I realized, okay, I love Dawn of the Dead. James Gunn wrote Dawn of the Dead. I didn't like 300, but that has nothing to do with it. I loved Watchmen, but fucking Alan Moore and then Say and Hater or whatever. This was Zach's pure, unadulterated Zack Snyder. I was you like, love that Owl movie. He didn't write that fucking thing either. But though that that but Owl's in the this was the was first Snyder. like Zack Snyder auteur flake, and it was like, oh, well, I want, I don't want to hear anything. That I'll get in trouble for say. saying this, but this is why he took Superman so quickly. Why what? This is why Zach because Snyder, he knew it was going to because more importantly, more importantly, the studio knew why Zach ramped, Snyder was a valuable commodity so for the quickly, studio. Why it ramped up so quickly? No, Superman's a priority, and it's a can't miss for Zack Snyder. And the studio's not stupid. They had to know what they had, because this has been... I've not seen the movie, but this Warner's is the sort of... and Legendary, right? This is sort of the popular opinion. Well, Superman is Warner's and Legendary I, I believe, also? I, I believe yeah. so. So it's the same exact fucking company. And they can tell him what to do now, because, like, his star... He's, but it's he's, not even that. No. This is, no, no, they're protecting their own investment. This he's is not. He's their visionary director, man. Right, but <laughs> I think when you get upset at the movie, the thing I would point I'd make to you is... Respectfully, and he's a guy. I think he's a talented shooter. He's a guy I'd work with happily. He's an amazing um, art director, but he's not a fucking. But film. yeah, he's not. Remember, a look at what he's made. And respectfully, the first movie is a remake of an all-time classic. The next two are almost literal panel-to-screen yeah. translations. And the other one was a fucking owl cartoon, right? Which was still a pre-existing, I think, property. Which was a right? book, yeah. No, so, which was a book. This and, was the first right. Zack Snyder from the mind of Zack Snyder. And the other thing it was, well, it was, it was literally every fucking geek pop culture thing cribbed off of each other and put into one movie. Right. I, I, I don't know. I just, I never 
I always looked like a lot of sizzle dough steak to me, so I'm not stunned to hear uh, this. I was, I was so excited uh, for that, man. I, I, it, I have friends that have very passionate negative reactions to the movie. Uh, dude, I, because I was so, because Watchmen won me back in a way, and I know now, now after Sucker Punch, it's like, okay, he shot fucking anyone who shot that movie. Anyone who shot panel for fucking panel would have made a Watchmen movie I liked. As, you know what I yeah, mean? if you're shooting panel for panel. Yeah, and, and, it, and like his visuals are great, but he's a fucking awesome art director, but he ain't, it, I used to feel the same way about Richard Kelly, but I'm, I'm, I, I like Richard Kelly a lot, man. Southland. I, I haven't seen it. I, I didn't think I ever saw Southland. I find depths in Southland every, it's that, that, another thing that grew on me like That like, was a disaster. Like Pilgrim. Movie. I mean, that made like $30,000 in cost. It was expensive. 40 million, but it, that was never going to be for a wide, a mainstream audience. And but, those are dudes doing original stuff. But, this is, but you've got to understand what to make it for. That's the point, okay? When you come out and you make a movie and you do – look, if Scott Pilgrim costs $30 million, they make that money back yes, over time. 100%. Okay, probably. Uh, at 80 or 90 or whatever, it's just not. And that's the point. And filmmakers have to be savvier, I think. Look what James Gunn's done on Super. James Gunn's got this set up so that they can basically – Go and make money back using all these alternate. You can watch forms. it on your TV. I can watch it's it on, on my demand direct, now. It's on Direct TV right That's now. That's right. Yeah. And people want to, but I want to. And the word of it. mouth has been good enough that there is an audience that will happily I'm, go. And I pay think I'm going to rent it off Direct TV. You know, instead of going to the theater, I'll watch it's it. less money than going to the theater. You know what I mean? But and you get to enjoy it at your house. You get to pause and that kind of shit. But that's it's smart. That movie just. This is what the audience demands, and it's look. I had a WrestleMania party, okay, on uh, not this past Sunday, How did that Sunday go? before. You know, we had Chris Jericho and came to the party? Uh, uh, James Durbin from American Idol. Wait, so Jericho the, came to the party? He's been to my place. Yeah, we've, I have. I, I worked in the wrestling. Is game, he not so wrestling anymore? Over. He's on Dancing with the Stars right now. Chris Jericho? He's is? kicking ass. I didn't he know that, advanced man. Again oh, that's last awesome. Night. Good for Jericho. Uh, but I've known Chris since I was a teenager. Uh, J- I spent my uh, – everyone was like years and years later, young kids will be like, you were alive during the millennium, like, what did you do on the New Year's 2000? Like, what amazing thing were you doing? I was like, I was watching Y2J up here in my friend's basement. That was how I spent my New Year's Ridiculous. 2000. He'll be thrilled to know. Was that, that pay per view where it was the fucking Y2J countdown well, or his whatever? His entrance was the greatest. That it was, it was awesome. Because awesome. we, awesome. we all knew he was coming to. That was the bill. It was Raw as Jericho or whatever. They, yeah, yeah. I had maybe 30 people, 30 some people over. I, everyone brings booze, some bring food, da da da. It was a community experience. Half the people there are not even fans. Okay, totally, you're just but it's a chance to come in and do it. Um, Jericho's there; you get a fun sort of point of view on the stuff. But that is where our entertainment is sort of going, and, and it just all of these things get affected. Look at it like it's the Xbox Live of it all. It's not just gaming. You're on there. I can watch a movie with my friends. Yeah. I can watch ESPN with my friends, and I it's and it's friends who like the same thing. No, yeah. What do you what do you think of uh, WrestleMania? I saw some clips. I saw Snooki spear somebody. Uh, Snooki was I earned my respect. I heard she she might get a contract. No, I don't think that she got a. They did a spinoff on the show, so I didn't. Oh really? I also heard that all the other girls were fucking way pissed because she got. A big page That's page. the story because Trish Stratus and Snooki both. I mean, there's no, they took spots. There's no question, but it, it, Snooki Snooki is there to get them crossover publicity. I, I mean, I it, and it, it worked. It I, worked. Too. I watched WrestleMania. Clips yeah, I don't. On, I don't criticize that stuff. But she did a terrific move. So I, I was more interested in the Snooki thing than the fucking Sena, whoever the Miz well, the, Rock the, the, thing. I'll tell you what. I think that they. You know, I still follow. I have a lot you're of friends big, in the business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to talk. I have about. a lot of friends in the business uh, still, and it's you know, 
now uh, I owe my Hollywood career to it, so I'll always will be loyal. And I've put a bunch of the guys in movies and stuff. Uh, That's right. You put fucking Triple H in Blade, right? And I put Christian in Shoot 'Em Up. Jericho actually was almost in that as well. Uh, you know, I just have always Wait, tried to Christian be a friend of the business. Yeah, briefly, yes, but yeah. Who is Christian in Shoot 'Em Up? He's uh, the uh, president's uh, number one secret, secret service. Agent. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, awesome, man. And I'm a big Christian fan, and then Jay's just a good friend of mine. Uh, and I think I was huge on fucking Christian uh, and Edge. Very, very talented, yeah, yeah. and and you know, uh, I look at the show. I mean, the Undertaker Triple H was worth the price. That was a good. That day. was a good. I watched that match. That was, that was actually a good wrestling match. Uh, yeah. And this was actually a step. This was more of weirdly a build. I think for next year, which is probably going to be the biggest money event in wrestling in maybe ever. Why do you say that? What is well, it? they've already announced that The Rock is going to fight Cena. And so that's a big money match. Well, let me ask you that. Is The Rock wrestling again? Yeah, he's going to fight him at WrestleMania next year. Is he going to do matches building up to that? No, they're going to do... I mean, they may do... I can't... They won't... He won't they, put his body at risk anymore. They're doing a match. They say announced it already. They rock called him out the next uh, Monday after... Let me ask you another fucking question. Did The Rock get about eight times bigger than he's ever been, dude? Well, The, the He's rock, a monster he now. He got lean, and then he got big again. And, I remember when I was watching, there was the big rumor that The Rock started taking steroids, because there was that, like, four months where he wore the t-shirt always, and everyone was I like... I think like, he had the, um, the, the, the gyno the, or whatever. The, the fucking armpit surgery the light boat that for sure his armpit light boat or whatever yeah, was whatever the thing, the thing yeah, is. Yeah. but they that will be big and then you'll have i'm assuming undertaker triple h3 and i'm willing to bet you that's probably career versus streak so triple h loses he retires that's just me guessing they see it amazes me it amazes me like jumping 10 years from when i watched that those dudes are still fucking wrestling. but this is the end of that the big story. show is still wrestling he's still there yeah but this is this will be Undertaker going for twenty and zero. So for that story, because time. everyone else from my time period is gone, right? Austin's gone, Man- Foley's gone, Rock I mean, is gone. TNA, they're all pop around now. I mean, look, uh, Edge retired Monday night. Okay, okay. I, well, for real, for right? real. Oh yes, oh yes. Did the company knew about it? Obviously, right? Well, no, no. Edge got tests. My understanding of it is, I, t- I texted with Christian a little bit about it because he's been with him through it all. Uh, he had some. He had already had major neck issues. Was out for a year at one point. Did some tests before Mania, passed them, got through the match. They asked him to go get more. And when he went to go get more, they said, you have a spinal condition that basically says you have like a narrowing of the spine that due to your previous injuries, you're, every time you're getting in, you're going to risk being in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. We will never medically clear you again. And so Edge, who had a, a many years still ahead of him ultimately, was forced to, he was still the champion was forced to... He was the WWF champion? He was a world champion. They have two world titles. They, have, they now, so. introduced a new one? He has the Ric Flair big belt. Okay, right. Uh, and so uh, basically retired on Friday. They'll air him turning in the belt. I think uh, knock wood, it looks like Christian's going to rise up, I think, and, and carry the torch. Are they so. still linked in the... They they tried to keep them away from each other Are for they still a while. brothers? No, they're, just, they're best wise? friends. Okay. And it's a known thing. The fans know sort of the real deal. Okay. Uh, and Christian who is really, I think, been viewed as sort of... Well, there's got a big contingent of fans, I think, that think he has not gotten his due being pushed as like a world title. Even when right? I was watching, people were talking about pushing Christian. I think he's got a real did. passionate group. And I think that now, as this is the right... I'm just speculating. I haven't heard anything from Jay. 
Uh, but I think this is the right emotional end of the story. So I think that it, I th- I'm hoping we're going to see it. It's funny, dude. All the dudes. It'll be the happiest moment I've had since Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero at the end of WrestleMania 20. And I can't rewatch that now. <laughs> That's a, that, that moment was rude. I liked when Al Snow won the hardcore belt. Uh, Al Snow from <laughs> Lima, Ohio. I knew Al when he was a local indie wrestler in Detroit. That was my, he was my, I had, a, I had an autographed head in my, in my room growing so up. So I still, look, these are all, they're all, part of this sort of universe of show business at the end of the day that all of them and, and it's, it's everything it's, it's, it's fucking but it's and it's, it's, it's comics the whole it's, thing. it's comics it's video games it's right. movies it's and it's it, it's TV, sports it's sport it's, it is sports i mean it's it's fucking manga it's kind of literature it's it's everything it's larger than life characters having battles over epic moral issues at its best at its best it really is and it's America. And it almost man. seems like a microcosm of what we're going on as a fucking culture right now because we're kind of battling the, the big geek society as a whole. You know what I mean? They're like, always reflecting. I mean, look, that's what they do. The best characters. Why did Stone Cold Steve Austin work? Stone Cold Steve Austin worked because everybody ever wanted to curse, flip, finger tell their, their boss. boss to go fuck no, himself. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. was supposed to be a healer or whatever. Universal. Yeah. All right. And that stuff, you know, it, the characters that resonate. Those are those the, the, in any medium, in film, in comics. No, totally, and it and it also gives a voice to all those fucking dudes. It's why the guild is so fucking popular yeah. because there's millions of people who live those lives on those games, and and would never, you know, never have a voice. They can it's, project themselves exactly. It's into them totally, and it's 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 why all of kind of fandom fucking exists for. I, I always to an said, extent, you know, I agree. Look, I always said as an executive, and this I still use this today. I don't, I can't tell you why little girls go to the movies. I can tell you, I have my, my business instincts in terms of why I haven't been an exec, but why little boys go to the movies, we wanna, because I was one, it's wish fulfillment. I want to be that fucking That's dude. right. I want to be Han Solo. There, I want to be Wolverine. I, I want to be There was a Freddy. big problem when I was young. When we walked out of movies, my parents, there was a very big fucking thing. It was like, Matt, after you see a movie, you cannot pretend you're in the movie. Right. Because every time I would come out of a movie, I'd either be fucking uh, Luke Skywalker or a guy with a gun or fucking, you know what I mean? A Ninja Turtle. But that fueled you. To where that drives, and that's why you know, you go play Mass Effect. You know, okay, you are Commander Shepard. It's like I finally get to be Captain Kirk, and that is that's why I'm playing the fucking horrible Back to the Future Telltale game because you're getting to be Marty McFly, and it's horrible. But I still want to be Marty McFly. Like it is painfully bad. This well, game. and basically, and I'm going to buy the Jurassic Park one next because I want to be in Jurassic fucking Park. And like, they have just basically figured out that these are all licenses that resonate, and as such, give me a Gremlins game. I will give you thousands of dollars for Gizmo. Shit. By the way, a Gremlins game's a good idea, and I'd play that. Thing. Ghostbusters. You know what okay. I'm saying? It's all our, it's all the shit because I feel like and, and it. Let me ask you a question. Do you think if you put on uh, I, I'm, PlayStation, I think has their version of uh, the Xbox Live Arcade, so you could download little mini games. No, no, stuff, no, totally, right? yeah, yeah. If you put a blunt man in chronic. Kevin Smith done just Xbox Live Insane. arcade game. I have the fucking you know it would sell. I have the Pilgrim PS3 right, game. That did, I think pretty well actually. And I, it was a Scott Pilgrim video game. You make a, I mean, I'll buy anything. Sam and Max. There are people. It's a completest fucking geek thing. Now it's also the difference between the niche geek thing. Like I'm a huge fan of this anime called One Piece. I've spent fucking hundreds of dollars on Japanese imports. I might like Iron Man, but you can't be a fucking completist with Iron Man because you'll spend a billion dollars a year. There are those people. 
it seems weird to me to like something so fucking. But everybody's like, I'm a got Spider-Man fan. But like, there's really? some guy, but there's some guy listening to you going One Piece. That's stupid. Those guys are okay. fucking right. They haven't but seen every, it. There's a guy listening no, to me know, going, he likes wrestling. Is he five? Okay, that is no, 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 totally. <laughs> we all have our and we'll, thing, and we'll all spend on that, and we'll all reinforce that. And I think like the industry is just going to go to a way of, of realizing that, and it's and all niches courting and the, that. That's right. It's little niches and direct marketing. If again, if your niche is an X. Your product cost is at Y, hit doubles. If you can cobble a couple of niches together, watch out your business. You'll never get middle America, but you don't, maybe you don't need middle America. I don't agree with that. You don't? I think you denigrate middle America unnecessarily. Middle America is much smarter than they get credit for in okay. this town. I was middle, going like middle America. Whoever watches Two and a Half Men, I was going middle, with that. Middle audience. America, their, their money still counts the same. No, 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 totally. And at the end of the day, uh, when you get those people, that is when you have crossed I mean, over. then you lock every, I mean, yeah. That yeah. is it. That's the game. Okay, the game, I, may, I think I may have used this analogy last time. I think it's a worthwhile one still. This is politics. All right, you win the primary by playing to your base. You win the general by moving to the center. And, you know, that people piss and moan. Oh, it's like when you had a band and it was yours first and then it's popular. And fucking, and you, I mean, every, you, mine. Look you know. at YouTube now, which is always a great litmus test for the, the, uh, headspace of the nation. And every fucking music video or trailer or whatever, Top comments are always like, Psh, I like this fucking six months ago, or everyone's fighting to like something first. Being first yeah, is being, the thing. And, and then hating on everyone else once it becomes popular. It is, we are narcissists, and, and this has just exacerbated it in a gigantic way. I'm, out, I'm on Twitter, you're on Twitter, I like Twitter, uh, at Cat's Money, thank you. Uh, <laughs> at Camel, Camel yeah, Toad. Camel Toad, yeah, we'll do, uh, we'll do the pimp uh, No, I had to do it, I'm sorry. Uh, but, I listen to some of the stuff even some of my friends say sometimes, and I'm just sort of like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Now, I'm guilty of it too. Dude, and I, I thought mean, the other night I had a weird moment. I had a weird moment where like, I'm up to, I have like 3,000 something followers on Twitter, which is A, retarded and stupid, but like, I was at the, uh, the Red State screening at the Wilton, and I was like, every time I tweet more people than this, see what I fucking say. It was a real weird moment of like, I should stop saying stupid shit all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, amazing. You've got an actual kind of voice. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when you when you actually not, all the internet's everything is numbers and YouTube views and nothing makes sense. But when you put actual fucking people, Rebecca Black has 10 million views or whatever. Rebecca, that girl was making like 30 grand a day. I think I heard at one point. Put 10 million people in a space and then be like every single one of those people watched. It's it's staggering and more people than the entire city of fucking New York or whatever. But that is, it's the power and even the devastate the the, the destructive power as well in some cases of this technology. I mean, I was talking about it with my mom the other day. I'm I'm 26. Uh, I think I got my first computer in my house when I was like eight or nine, and the internet didn't start till I was like 12. So I remember a world without the internet. My little brother is 20. He doesn't. Kids, I speak to a lot of kids who don't know a world no, without the internet. That point. How fucking weird is that? I lived a good portion of my life without the internet. I'm 32. That was the biggest fucking game changer of all time, huh? Well, that yeah. was like aliens could have visited. I feel like, or the internet, and the internet would have made a bigger fucking it, impact. It's on the us. most. I mean, look when you look through the automobile, railroad. I mean, flight. This is a, they're all game changers. This is a game changer. Like it's access it, to information. It reinvents yeah, yeah. how the world works. Yeah, no, it literally, it, it did, man. And it reinvented how, how entertainment fucking, and, and it, and it seemed to catalyze in the last few years, really, where it's to a point where like my parents know what fucking Twitter is. Look, the you way, you know what I mean? When you have kids or I have kids, the way they will consume, call, I have a two and a half year old nephew, okay? 
apple of my eye. I love the kid. Already knows every secret identity of every superhero ever. Walks around That's with an Iron favorite. Man. That's my favorite. I love, love you. It. I love him, dude. That was my big thing growing up was quizzing my mom. I'm big on secret identities. I'd be like, Captain America. And she'd have to be like, Steve Rogers. And I'd yep. be like, good job. The kid's mom. awesome. Yeah. The kid will be like, what's Silver Surfer? I mean, he's two and a Norin half. Norin Red. I, li- I like this kid. And, uh, <laughs> and my brother's raising him well. And, you know, the way he will consume his content and the way he even his taste will be formed is going to be done in a much different way because it's going to be, I think, a bit more even a la carte. And that is just the the way that the system works now. In a weird way, do you think it will kill the collector? In in the sense of, like, I remember I, remember I wanted a first edition of Killing Joke, and it took me, like, two fucking years to find one. Whereas nowadays, like, there's no hunt anymore. You go on eBay. You go on eBay, you go on fucking Amazon, there's no hunt. You think it will kill that kind of a collector in terms of like... But I mean, eBay is gigantic, so those are all collectors. I think at the end of the day, what it is, is it's going to connect you to other people that like your stuff. So I'll give you an example. Uh, when I go, I like to sit there and if like Monday Night Raw is on, I will live tweet Monday Night Raw. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't do it on my cat's money account. I created at the Fighting Geek. Oh, I didn't know that. Just I, so I, I could go over say, there. I didn't, I didn't see you. I, I never see Monday Nights get Well, I just up. was sort of like I have like almost six thousand followers or something, which is also doubly stupid. You know, what uh, I, you're like I don't want to lose all of them. And by... I, I I recognize that. Look, I'm followed by a lot of the wrestlers as well. So I mean, I'm just got friends. I just sometimes I'll still try my edge retires. I'm going to put out in the main thing too. But I like having that sort of because what it does is it allows, you know, I have maybe almost 800 followers on the fighting. It's like a month and a half old maybe. But all right. those people want to. Those people that want. They want to see those. They're tweets. doing it too. And so they want to interact. And so I can build almost a bond with those people separate. You're like multiplicitying yourself almost. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm like the, the dumb, the you're dumb the, Michael you're Keaton. The, you're the one with the pizza in the wallet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Steve. That, <laughs> uh, I miss Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is excellent. Don't uh, even bring up, that's Derek's favorite human being phenomenal. of all time. He um, was great in, um, but he was good the other in, guys? other guys, he was really good. I, the, mean, I just miss, he was the, great in Toy Story. TLC stuff? <laughs> Toy Story. But, but that's the thing, man. They're just, they're gonna get it in such different ways. Their taste will be informed by the tastemakers in their social group, all right, online, even people they don't know. All right, there are plenty of shows I know I've discovered even over the last years just because people on Twitter. Absolutely. Know, I mean, you know, you know, often someone, like nine times out of ten, someone will recommend a show and I've already seen it, but like that tenth time, I'll be like, I don't know what right, that like is. Sherlock, I would never have known about. There was um, a British show called Psychoville, which is a follow-up to League of Gentlemen, which someone tweeted me about and was like, it was fucking amazing, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I go on, I, I pimp in-betweeners all the time just because I am like the biggest advocate. MTV is going to fuck it up entirely, I'm convinced. Uh, but the British one is just brilliant and it's a great way to, for me look I will pick up followers on Twitter that are in betweeners fans and that you know? was and that was kind of my my thing with this podcast all along was that like I, I was speaking to someone yesterday um, and they were like oh you do that show bagged and boarded right and I was like yeah they were like oh I should check it out and I was like yeah man they were like oh, I've never listened to it because I don't read comics and I was like I, I don't I don't talk about comics. we've barely I mean but that's and that's the whole thing my whole point with this show was that like I, I'm a fucking fan I'm a consumer that's the only thing I ever was so like if there was a podcast where some dude started talking about One Piece for five minutes it would be the greatest moment of my life my thing was that like I like enough shit that I feel like we talked we've covered the fucking gamut tonight from like in-depth wrestling talk to movie talk to this and you know some people might not be wrestling fans and they might tune out 
but they might be fucking massive video game fans, and that was their favorite com- part of the conversation. You know what I, I mean? would say is when you talk about the technology, which is YouTube as an example, I could say to you, I watch Japanese wrestling. Okay, I love it. I could say to you, my favorite is Kenta Kobashi and Mitsuharu Masawa. And I have no clue what you're talking about. One percent of your audience may know who that is. And they're flipping out. Right. right. So they're marking out, and maybe there are five people that will go onto YouTube and enter Mitsuharu Misawa and, and discover turn new people on. That's yeah. right, and that's the amazing thing about the. And world that's what's kind of cool about, and that you're right, dude. That's what's kind of cool about today's fucking geek culture is that you can get turned on to shit. It's no longer you're not force fed everything. It's access to me is the you word. get to find your own entertainment to the talent that's involved with it on Twitter to the to the that delivery was, I mean, that itself. Too, I remember my access. my first day on Twitter. I tweeted Jonathan Ross and he tweeted me back and I was like, we live in a weird world right, right now. Like and it and it. Why does Ellen DeGeneres follow me? I have does no, she Heidi and Spencer. You should start making like, so many lesbian jokes. But like Heidi, loser. Heidi and Spencer. I think they have assistants. They want a movie it. deal, dude. But like you should do a Heidi and Spencer. Movie very odd, but like that's the I don't like I don't know these people, but that's the power of the technology ultimately, and it and it's connect and it's just connecting, it's connecting everyone. It's a comic con. The life has become a comic con almost. You know what I mean? It's a big party that basically we can all drop in on each other on when we feel like it, and that's what it allows. And I think, look, we all keep in touch with friends now that we haven't talked. I have a friend in Japan. That I went to high school with, that I talk to more often now, thanks to Twitter. I mean, than I have in years. And, and my, like my little brother's like, Twitter's stupid. I don't get it. And it's like, dude, this smart castle would not exist. Business is the presidency no was fucking decided on Twitter. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's, technology certainly was a big, big part of that. You know That's going to be the interesting thing in the next. Election. And I mean, it's it's something that like you can't, you kind of can't ignore this shit anymore. It's not just cute. Like, oh, there's, you're- there's a reason that every Republican presidential candidate that's announced so far. They haven't done it in their hometown at the truck stop. Or thing. They've all been viral video. I mean, yeah, man. It's, 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 it's the way they learn. So it's, that's it, it, it. The future sounds bright to me, man, right? Would you say it's a good time to be a geek? Like kind of the best time almost, no? If I made a, to, to steal a phrase, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You didn't make that up right now? I know I did not, ah, sadly. Some, told me some hack. Okay. Uh, no, but I think that it is. That's, I think it's an apt description because – you know, while there's more product being made catering to this audience, the model itself is being canalized by the very audience. A lot of geeks pirate. Okay, let's be honest. I mean, more so than probably any other. Well, I think comics are being decimated to a large level by piracy in a way that, again, because of the margins of return, are really hurting the business. And it's that's like if you, want, if you want to read a run of a book, if you're going to go out and go to a store every day, or you're going to fucking yeah. I have to say, I've never torrented a comic. I've never torrented a PDF ever. to comic either. I, uh, I'm a, I've never even bought a um ebook. I bought an ebook. I'm like an like a Kindle. I, and stuff. See, I've never. Known, I'm very like I need fucking. I don't like it. To I like feel the an weight of book. the actual book. Yeah, right. I'm a reader. But we're part of a dying breed. Yes, like like Barnes and I mean Borders is going. Who knows how long Barnes and Noble will fucking be around for? And and you see layoffs in comics and in other print print businesses. We're as living well. in the future, man. Like I'm expecting hoverboard. That's the one good thing we know we have coming for us soon. Look, affordable hoverboards. Who knows what they're reverse engineering at the end of the day out there? I I, I hope hoverboards. Like that's. Know, I, I'm the only one who wants that too. You have, like, to go to, you have to go to Groom Lake and go check out what's going on Area 51. And I've, I've been, God. man. I've driven by the mailbox and shit. I'm a fucking, <laughs> I, you know, come on. The, a, uh, it's just, look, it's, it, it's, uh, it's a heady time, I think, certainly. But I also think, you know, look, we're being pandered to in ways we, bigger than before. We have to be smarter. Uh, but I, you know, I think that 
it's if anything, this audience is clearly a niche that, like teenage girls, will exist to be marketed to for the foreseeable future. I don't see that changing by any stretch. Geeks forever is basically how we <laughs> sum it up. Sounds like your new clothing line. I mean, ooh, let's 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 talk after the show, <laughs> dude. Thank you so much for uh, for sitting down. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Again, man, people were clamoring for your return. I hope to uh, let's do this again. Always a pleasure. Sometime Please. in the near future, everybody. Uh, Jeff Katz, where, where can we find you online? So uh, speaking of, go to geekweek.com, our, our live streaming show, uh, geekweek.com slash live. We have Johnny Fairplay from Survivor, Don West, the legendary baseball card pitchman, Hurricane Helms from WWE, all sorts of people. My live show is Thursdays, 4 p.m. LA time. Twitter at Katz Money. What's better than cash money? Katz Money. <laughs> uh, at Geek Week Online as well. Check it out. And as always, folks, we are brought to you by the fine folks at the Smodcast Network. Uh, the fine folks at Golden Apple Comics. We're going to drop the Golden Apple Pimp Corner after the show, so check it out. There's some big events coming up. Check them out at goldenapplecomics.com. Do find me on the scary interweb. Go to baggedboarded.com, cameltoadproductions.com. Follow me on Twitter at cameltoad, T-O-A-D, like the frog, not like a woman's vagina. I was going to ask, do people get confused? You pervert. I, I don't know, but I've been started to think that. Like, I never just, <laughs> I'm sure, like, there could be people going, like, look, there's some dude with the account out there, T-O-E-D, who's got, like, a lot of bagged and boarded questions, and he's like, I just like pussy, man. Yeah, I want I want people come up to go, are you Camel Toad? No, yeah. So check me out on Twitter at Camel Toad and Smodcastle, and always, if you want to contact the show, uh, send any fan mail, hate mail, nude pictures, Song parodies, uh, cute pictures of your animals and funny sunglasses, oversized only, uh, bagged and boarded at yahoo.com. Got lots of cool stuff coming up, folks. I will be at Wizard World Anaheim at the end of the month. I will be there all weekend. I have a live show Saturday night, seven o'clock. Come on down and join us. Got some big, big, big guests. And other than that, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it to the bridge. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Matt Cohen. It's been bagged and boarded. It's been real. What? I love bags and boards because I'm a fucking dog. I like bags and boards because I'm a fucking dog. I like bags and boards because I'm a fucking dog. My comic book collection gives me an erection. What? Bagged and boarded. Live. <laughs>
On Saturdays, it's Red State of the Union. Highlands, a peephole history. One of the shows iTunes chose one of the best podcasts of 2010. Smarriage at Smodcastle, one of my favorites. As we're actually become Rev Kev and marry motherfuckers. We sit down, interview them, find out about their entire lives. At the end of it, they're literally married. And all of it's free. Don't cost you a dime. Seven days a week, we bring you the free funny. Nice. You sound like a pitch person there, man. What else can you sell me? Show me a little boob. I'll buy. (sighs) Smodcast.com.